0: I'm Alexander Price, and you're listening to Machine Elf Radio. For this week's episode, I talk with a friend of mine about his experiences taking ayahuasca in Brazil. So without any ado, let's just jump right in. Uh, I, I first became interested in it in, in high school. You know, Before I did any psychedelics at all, I, I had heard of ayahuasca. I think I used to read Airwood's uh, Vault high school and i yeah I, I came across ayahuasca and and i i can i can remember reading about alien experiences uh with 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 people under the influence of ayahuasca so i was i was fascinated by it and then fast forward uh through through high school through college and uh about eight eight to twelve months after college i was uh down in Brazil living on the coast in this uh in this tiny village uh in the in the northeast of the country, so you know like the very kind of afro brazilian uh also just just scenically stunning part of the country, so a few months uh after after moving down there, I remember meeting meeting some people on the beach and it was it was kind of weird because I felt like I'd met them before, you know, but I don't think I had, but you know like we just started talking and it was almost like I'd known them for a long time and uh and they were from an ayahuasca church, and so similar to Santo Daime, but but a slightly different church. One called Barquinho, which means the little boat in, in Portuguese. And I think they all they all started with uh, Santo Daime or one of those Heiún uh, do do vegetal. Like there are all these ayahuasca churches which started in the Amazon, I think in the 40s. And then you know like all you know like all the all the all the different religions of the world, they had schisms and they. And they developed into uh, into smaller churches, and, and so the one that I uh, participated with was Baquinho. But uh, back to those girls, uh, yeah, they, you know, I felt like I had known them for a while, and they invited me to uh, participate in a ceremony in this beach town. They were there with their uh, mestre, which means master in Portuguese, and he's the, you know, like the uh, uh, official, if you will, of an ayahuasca ceremony, and he. Uh, brought some of the, some of the tea as they, as they called it from, from his church in Fortaleza. And he said, you know, I could, I could, I could have until the day of to think it over and decide whether or not I wanted to participate. And, uh, and they recommended that I started fasting, you know, that day. I think it was, it was, uh, three or four days from that, from that point, from that time when I met those girls and said, you know, you know, if you do want to participate, it's, it's wise to start fasting now. You know, fasting deepens the experience, and so I, I did start fasting, with the mindset that I would I would decide uh, more or less on the day, on the morning when, when the ritual was taking place. And so, you know, the morning came, like I said, about four or five days hence, and uh, and I was, yeah, I was feeling, feeling adventurous, and so I I, I decided to go. Had you ever taken any kind of psychedelic before? No, no, I never had. No, nope, n- never had it smoked, uh, had smoked pot, but it never, so it was a big adventure. Taken, uh, any, in- yeah. So, so, so I was, I was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty nervous, you know, excited, but you know, my, my adrenaline was high when I took it. And I remember, uh, you know, praying a lot beforehand and, and fasting, which, which I think really helped with the experience. Uh, so, uh, so, so we met up, uh, at this, at this guy's house, you know, which was this, uh. You know, really typical Brazilian house. You know, had a little sandy patio and a simple little bungalow, and uh, and his wife and his young child, his his uh, baby daughter, were there. And uh, and how did how did it start? I think he, you know, once 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 all of us were there, it was me plus these girls and maybe a couple other people that I hadn't met. And and, and once we were all there, he went to the fridge, I'm assuming, and brought back like an empty Coca Cola bottle. Like a big liter bottle Mm -hmm. that full of full of ayahuasca, and and also like these tiny little cups, you know, almost like little coffee shot cups, and uh, and we prayed before, you know, we 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 said some kind of uh, uh, Catholic liturgy. I'm guessing it was in Portuguese, but we said you know uh, a series of Hail Marys and uh, Our Fathers beforehand, and then uh, and then he gave uh, all the all the female participants little little shots of it first and he would he would bless it and then they would they would take it almost almost identically to a shot and then uh and then when when my term came i remember the smell was overpowering you know it's it's like a liquid liquid wood it smells uh yeah almost like if you were to put like bark in a blender or Uh or something like that it's got this this very distinctive smell which i can still Uh i can still recall vividly if I if I stretch my memory back, I can still I can still almost feel like the uh, recoil from the from the stench of the stuff. But uh, but yeah, I, I managed to put it down, knock it back, and then uh, I went and I uh, laid back in a hammock. And about an hour passed, I think, and, and nothing really happened at all. And so and so the mess that his wife came over and uh, you know asked me if I was feeling anything, and I said I was not. And so she uh came back with another cup, you know same same thing, full of ayahuasca, and uh yeah, knocked back another one, and then I think within twenty minutes of uh knocking back that that second one, I started to notice my my hearing was much more acute or at, at least I was thinking my hearing was more acute, you know I could hear hear cars you know miles down the road and hear four wheelers I, I i I thought I could hear airplanes you know very almost, almost like disturbingly loud in my ears. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, and then, and then my body kind of start to start to feel heavy, started to melt into the hammock and, uh, and I knew, you know, the journey was starting and, uh, yeah, I remember that first time, uh, oh God, I, I haven't thought about it in a while, but, um, but yeah, you, you feel, or I felt very connected with, um, uh, you know, the spirit world, I kind of had this sense that I was going back to a place I had, I had been, uh, before a place that was really familiar to me, but, uh, i had forgotten about, you know, there was definitely that sense of like amnesia and, uh, re-remembering, uh, a prior state of being or, you know, a prior plane of existence. And, uh, it was like one of those things, it was almost like, you know, of course, you know, I'm much older than my body. I was 23 at the time. So it was like, you yeah, know, it's, it's, you know, really obvious that I'm, you know, I'm older than 23 years old, even if this, you know, body that I have now is only 23. And I remember that being something that I just knew, you know, in, in my gut. Uh, and then, and then I didn't really have visions, uh, that time, but I remember just, just, just having amazing thoughts, you know, just like stretching my, memory back to my childhood and just, and just seeing everything is incredibly beautiful. You know, just, 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 just seeing everything as, you know, not just, not just like superficially beautiful, but like almost like unspeakably beautiful, you know, just like the whole span of my life and just like the, you know, fact that I had a body, you know, it's just like everything, you know, it's just amazingly good and beautiful. And uh, I remember thinking about, you know, the, different people in my life who, who I consider loved ones, you know, I thought about my parents and my sisters and my dear friends and, uh, you know, even, even some of my exes and people like that, you know, people I had been intimate with. And, uh, yeah, I remember feeling this, uh, really profound sense of, uh, richness in my heart, you know, like, Oh my God, like this is, you know, so, so blessed, you know, all this, all this love that I have in my life and love that I've shared and love that I've given. So, see, so yeah, I remember, remember, yeah, really feeling, uh, purified, you know, almost like I was, you know, peeling back the layers of my heart, you know, to when I was like a child and like, you know, being able to perceive beauty and being able to, uh, you know, feel, feel the emotion of beauty was, was very easy, you know, very, very natural. And like, almost like maybe that had been kind of like crusted over, you know, with just emotional baggage and, you know disappointments and frustrations and things like that but yeah it was it was really just a sense of uh kind of blessedness to everything into my life like also you know i was in this place you know which i've always felt was very blessed you know this place that's like drenched in sunshine and you know kind of kissed by the ocean breeze and you know has just just really you know happy people in general kind of happy simple people in general you know fishermen and you know kind of you know mixed race brazilian people and, and so i just felt like oh you know kind of like the blessedness that i'm feeling might be like a reflection of the of the blessedness of the place where where i was living and so uh it, it sounds like you did it more than once yeah and so uh and so then then i did it again uh you know it was a positive experience uh, i remember even calling my mom afterwards and you know you know kind of kind of like those Uh, counseling sessions with MDMA I felt like all the barriers had been broken down you know I could just like really tell my mom how much I appreciated her and you know likewise with my dad you know which 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 always has been difficult you know kind of barriers that I erected against family members but but yeah that was very easy to tell them that I loved and appreciated them and then uh and then I went to Fortaleza. Uh, I think I went there for, for a non, uh, ayahuasca motive. You know, I had to, you know, do some paperwork or see somebody, but I ended up staying there for the weekend and, you know, linked up with the same group of people and, uh, went to their church and and they were very gracious. They picked me up where I was staying in, in Fortaleza and they drove me, uh, about ninety minutes, you know, outside of the city to their church, which was up in the mountains, also in a really just beautiful place. And uh, and that same uh, Mass three was the one who was um, officiating uh, this ceremony, and so I uh, decided to participate again. Uh, and, and yeah, that time I remember he he gave me like a little bit extra, like I took some more, and then you know I, I was I was feeling it that time. And then maybe like a couple hours into the service, they, uh, invite participants to go back up and, and, and take another dose of ayahuasca. And I remember, uh, I remember consciously wanting to go up and like being, being pulled to go up and take another dose. And so I went, I remember like he pulled, he poured me like a, you know, almost to the brim kind of shot and I, and I, you know, tuck it. And, uh, and, and yeah, I remember that time I did have visions. I saw Oh, man, it's difficult to process. And it it was almost like a dream. You know, some of it I could remember, some of it I couldn't. But I remember like uh, feeling the sense of being like washed over by water. And I remember seeing this this image of a man tied to a rock who was in, you know, great passion, who was being, uh, you know, washed over with this water. Like he looked like Christ, you know, he had brown hair, you know, very kind of handsome man. And he was washed over with water. He was, you know, on like a rock in the middle of the ocean. And he was like screaming. You know, his mouth was open. He was yelling as the water was was washing over him. And uh, and I felt like I identified on some level in some way with that with that vision. Uh, and then I remember, um, yeah, that, that that similar feeling is the first time when uh, when I just knew that my myself or something about me was much older than my body you know kind of like you know going back to a place that I said oh you know this is this is a really familiar place you know it was before my body existed but you know it's a place that I know well and it's a place that I'll return to eventually I remember having that sensation as well uh and then and then I think the most moving part of the whole session was I remember seeing seeing like a little girl you know, it it was almost like, you know, I was back in like my, my, my three or four year old body. And I remember seeing a little girl who was three or four years old also. And she was, I remember she was really beautiful, you know, like just, just really beautiful, you know, young, young girl. And she came over and she smiled and she whispered in my ear and I couldn't, I couldn't understand what she said, you know, when she whispered, but I remember feeling like a sense of like rapture, almost like a sense of like, you know, some kind of like joy really penetrating my heart, like, you know, like what she had told me was like like almost almost like the most most perfect thing or, or or you know, the best thing that I ever could have learned or heard. And uh yeah, I remember almost like feeling like a massive sense of relief after that, you know, like she whispered my ear and I was like, Oh, you know, like maybe maybe it is good, you know, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, this anxiety that i've had over whether god exists and death and things like that really doesn't need to bother me but yeah i remember it was that feeling yeah i remember physically it it really kind of like works its way through your body you know like you like feel it like in the in the extremities like in your fingers and toes you know you kind of like feel like this like almost like vine growing through you as they say you know you're almost like i don't know it's it's this weird thing like it's Kind of sexual, like you feel like this like, you know, almost like orgasm like feeling, like working its way through through your body. Yeah, I did throw up one of those times. Uh and and the way they see vomiting is, you know, you're getting emotions out of your yourself, you know, out of your gut, kind of emotions that you swallow and eat, and you're like letting those out. So like that's the purpose of the vomiting. I remember I remember like, like when I started to have dark thoughts you know I started going to like a dark place when I was uh under the influence of the ayahuasca I did have this sensation that I need to vomit this this urge to vomit when I did vomit it was it it uh did feel like a release like I was letting go of you know toxic emotions or even toxic substances in my in my stomach remember yeah you just you just think the most bizarre things I remember like just just making all these connections and you know, just, just thinking everyone I would met in my life, you know, had been placed in my life for a reason, you know, like, like all the, all the encounters and friendships I'd had, you know, had almost been, uh, had almost been designed by, by God to happen. You know, like this person was in my life for a reason. and You know, this, this person was in my life for a reason. My parents were there because, you know, I needed to learn this from them or I needed to teach this to them. So, yeah, it was, uh, it's pretty cool, but it it makes you feel very human. You know, it makes you really feel like, you know, like here you are, this like amazing composite of material flesh and and spirit, and it just really kind of drives that home. You know, and 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 you feel like it's very sacred, and uh, and it really like takes your takes your face, almost grabs you by the hair, and puts you right up against death. You know, I think that's why it's called Divine of the Vine of Souls, because it really does make you, you know, almost you know, put your, put your face right up against your mortality, you know, it drives it home really hard, you know, like, Oh, okay. You know, death, death is coming. It's not abstract. Like this is, this is going to come. I can almost, I can almost feel it and taste it. Um, so, so yeah, that was, that was the experience. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, after the first time I took it, um, like people say like, it like opens up, you know, all these spiritual portals and, I even heard, like, one crazy hippie saying, like, like, like one of the best times to take ayahuasca is after a blood relative dies, you know, after, like, a sibling or, like, a father dies because, like, you're already open, you know, like, like, for the month or year after that happens. And then, like, when you take the ayahuasca during that time, like, it opens you up even more, you know, opens you up to death or opens you up to, I don't know, the this, this spirit world even more. But, uh, yeah, I remember after I took it... Uh, Yeah, I was I was uh, I think I was hitchhiking through some part of Brazil, and you know ended up staying with uh, with some guys that I met, you know, at a at a bar or restaurant or something. Just you know, local guys, and the custom down there is you know people people let you let you sling a hammock in their patio if uh, if they trust you. So so you know these guys said you know if you need a place to stay, just sling you know sling your hammock in our in our veranda, and no problem. And so I was sleeping there, and uh, yeah, I remember seeing seeing a buddy of mine who had died. I think a year prior in a car accident. You know, he had died uh, instantly on ninety five driving from New Hampshire to D.C. Uh, during a rainstorm, and uh, and he was a guy I had grown up with. Uh, you know, not not a particularly close friend, but you know, you know, a guy that I had formed an early bond with in boarding school. You know. at gone through a very formative phase with, you know, like we didn't come out of it particularly close, but, but, you know, nonetheless, we had, you know, shared a lot of, uh, adolescent triumph and terror together. Uh, and and so when he died, uh, I didn't go to his funeral and, uh, and some people called me and said, you know, Hey man, you know, why didn't you, why didn't you, uh, book a flight down for the funeral? You know, this is, this is a guy that, you know, you grew up with. And, uh, yeah, and I decided not to go. And so about a year later when I was asleep in this, in this hammock on this guy's porch, I remember seeing, seeing him in a dream and, and, and talking to him in the dream. And then it started to dawn on me that, uh, he was dead. You know, I, I think first I realized he was dreaming or simultaneously realized that I was dreaming and I was talking to someone who had died. And so, and so when I, when I realized that, like I looked at him differently and he, he he realized that I recognized that he was, he was dead and then he started to kind of fade away and it got really sad. You know, like the, like the atmosphere of the, of the dream got, 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 got really sad. But, you know, I kind of like looked at him like that, you know, like when the, when the uh, revelation came and then, and then he knew that I knew and then he started to kind of fade away. But, 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 uh, but I remember thinking that, you know, the reason he had, he had come was because, you know, I didn't go to his funeral, you know, it was almost like, like like he was sad, you know, wherever he was, he was he was disappointed or sad that I hadn't gone to his funeral. And so I remember when, when I woke up, you know, I kinda woke up with a chill. And I remember thinking, um, uh, you know, if I ever see him again in a dream or wherever, you know, I'll make sure to tell him that, you know, I'm terribly, terribly sad that, that he died and I was, you know, I was affected by uh, you know, by the loss. And uh, and I'm pretty sure I did see him again. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I did see him, and it was cool because when I had the next dream when I saw him, I actually did uh, actually did remember that uh, resolve to say that to him, and so I was prepared the next time I saw him, and I said, "Hey, dude, you know, like I I, I really you know like, like first of all I know you're dead, you know, don't try to run away from me, and second of all, like I'm really sorry that you know like you 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 left us the way you did, and uh, you know obviously you're you know you're missed by me and by many." So, and I think I think he liked hearing that, but but it was the weirdest thing. And I don't know, maybe Professor Patton knows knows something about this, or you know something about this. But it's almost like the dead people in in dreams are like embarrassed, or like kind of like like don't want you to know that they're dead or something. I don't know. Have you ever heard of anything like that? No, I haven't. So uh, well, it's something that I'll I'll keep an well, ear out. It's almost like but like but but like if you try to you know, if you try to address the fact that they're dead, or even if you acknowledge the fact that they're dead like, they almost kind of disappear. Like I've seen my grandmother in my, in my dreams a few times too. And it's, it's kind of one of those things too, like the presence is there. But if I try to, you know, try to talk to her, or try to, uh, I don't know, you know, have some kind of deeper contact with her then you know, she, she leaves. So yeah, that, yeah, that was, uh, that was my friend, uh, I saw it, saw my dream, my friend John. You know, may rest in peace. I'd probably take it again. You know, like in another decade of my life. You know, probably a decade. You know, probably towards like mid. You know, mid to later in life, I would I would probably take it again. You know, just to just to see if I could. You know, uh, go back to that place where I saw everything almost like a child. You know, if I could still go back there, even even much later in life. Yeah, in that sense, I think it'd be worth taking again mid when I'm like 60 or 55 or something. But who knows? Who knows if I'll be around that long or if I'll still be interested in it at that age? Who knows? Who knows, man? Who knows what will happen?